Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Devious Gamers Show. I'm your host, Preston Lee, and with me in the order of Planet Scanned, Gage Randall. 200. John Bowie. Zero. NSN Anwar. I feel a strong sense of deja vu. The Devious Gamers Show is a <laughs> weekly podcast where four friends give you the lowdown on the gaming news you need to know and discuss the issues and topics we care about. Now let's kick off the show. What are you playing? Gage? A uh, shit ton of Zelda still. After trying your Switch last time, so I was hesitant about buying one when it came out, I hopped over to Craigslist and picked one up and started Zelda again. But I hadn't 100%ed the shrines on the Wii U one, so I, I sold like half of them left. So I've already seen just hours and hours and hours of new content. Out of curiosity, really coming from the person who said he wasn't going to spend $360 on a Zelda game, how much have you now spent on a Zelda game? <laughs> Uh, it's 120. Mm. Not bad. <laughs> I have other games on the Switch, and I I, I, what it, else it wasn't are you until playing I, Switch? <laughs> uh, the Snipperclips game is really cool, and there's a game called Little Inferno that was on like iPhone. Has the Switch version. Mainly, I'm excited for the Virtual Console, but it wasn't until I held one and realized that it's just like the Game Boy I always wanted. Portable Nintendo library. It's really a portable, really. So that's what made me excited. That's why I got one. So I've been playing Zelda. Wife's been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Nice. Uh, Essen? I've been playing School. That's where you, like, don't sleep. School, the greatest game. Is yeah. that a bully? Or? No, it's it's just school. You're taking four classes. And you're sad. And Is a little bit that one where you keep following around your senpai, but keep killing all the girls that are into him? Oh, God. The <laughs> Yandere really simulator? Weird. I don't think that was real. Is that what you've been playing, Jay? Or, uh, Jay? I don't know why. He's going to start abbreviating. <laughs> when did I say Jay? Okay, P, I'll tell you what I've been playing. Um, I've kind of abandoned Zelda because I think my Wii has abandoned me. So I've switched to Boulder's Gate. Oh, is your console like Dunzo? Oh, no. My power supply, I think, has gone faulty. Oh, man. Like, oh, I have an man. unnecessary irritation towards Breath of the Wild now because it just keeps shutting off. Yeah. I beat it. I finished it. But <laughs> time to get your yeah, your three hundred dollars Zelda machine. Or I can get like right a twelve dollar power supply. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> switch. That's not a good value. Uh, yeah, it is. So yeah, I I've just been playing. What has game. Preston been playing? You mean P? Um, <laughs> yeah, P, P dog. Nope. <laughs> P money. P Pussy. money. Uh, that sounds a little weird. <laughs> um, got some of that from Donald Trump. Oh jeez. Um. I finally finished, um, like, week before this week, uh, getting all 120 uh, shrines in Zelda, and then I finished out the game. That was a lot of fun. Um, I still think that that game... Like, a lot of people are pointing out some valid criticism of the game, and I wouldn't say... Like, I would say no game is perfect, but uh, like how it I, I would turns still off. give that game a 10, even though yeah, easy. there are some very valid... Um, Reserving issues, 10 for actual perfection is just dumb. Yeah, they don't really... <laughs> yeah. Those issues don't really impact my enjoyment of the game very much at all. Nope. Um, and then since then, I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda, which we're going to talk about during our echo chamber. And it's enjoyable. Yeah. But that's about <laughs> the best thing I can say about it. You could really... You could feel like, the disappointment Write a review the with that tone and those words. <laughs> it's enjoyable. <laughs> and yeah, I just I mean I'll I'll bitch about it more in the echo chamber, but you know, I'm I'm having fun. I'm I'm having an acceptable amount of enjoyment when uh you know, talking to people and stuff like that. There's a lot of info dumping and things like that, but can it's we, can it's we just like not it's not the same, man. Can we get a little builder ring so every time someone bitches we just ring it? <laughs> 
I, I should just get a soundboard with like dumb radio sounds. Yeah. <laughs> God, please don't <laughs> do that so to the awesome. show. <laughs> um, fart key, fart key, fart key. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think one of the most. <laughs> I think a, a a very pithy comment I saw. It was either on a review or an article or something. Um, was that it? It feels like Mass Effect fan fiction. Pithy, Piffy. like pissed off. Pithy, no pithy, <laughs> like um, pithy, short and well, kind of like uh, pissy. Yeah, I, w- like I know. Okay, you know pithy. Never Jokes. Well, it's not a joke. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> wow. That was like multiple I'm layers. Being, Holy shit. I'm being a fucking idiot today. He's not here to mess around. But now that we've got that wrapped up, it's time to enter the newsroom because I've got to get away from this. <laughs> Bail. There are ten stories we'd like to share with you this week. Number one, in the latest ZeniMax court battle of the week, John Carmack has sued his former employer, claiming that it owes him millions of dollars. According to the Dallas Morning News, Carmack filed a $22.5 million federal lawsuit against his former employer. I like how it's ZeniMax battle of the week. There's always a new lawsuit. (laughs) Um, Can we sue him next? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everybody get in line. (laughs) to sue Zenimax and not get what they're asking for. Um, Carmack claims that Zenimax owes him money from the sale of id software to Zenimax in 2009. Dallas Morning News reports, at the time of the sale, the lawsuit says Carmack was the majority shareholder of id software and received a convertible promissory note valued at more than $45.1 million. He converted half that into shares of Zenimax stock, which he received. A ZeniMax spokesperson has called the lawsuit, quote, completely without merit, apparently lacking in remorse and disregarding the evidence of his many faithless acts and violations of the law. Mr. Carmack has decided to try again. Yeah, unfortunately in court, it doesn't matter. This this other lawsuit doesn't even really affect this. So if, if their counter is like, he's just mad because he lost that other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it doesn't mean that Carmack doesn't have grounds. Here. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to discredit him just based on the fact that he's involved in a lawsuit that yeah, was lost. Yeah, if Zenimax is in fact withholding funds from him, then John Carmack would be on the in the right on this one. That sounds like a pretty simple court case. Well, like, I mean, it depends. Here's what was promised. Here's the money he got. So check or uncheck. Yeah, I'm sure Zenimax will probably try and say that he doesn't qualify for it anymore for some obscure reason you missed section 12 subsection b if you cry like a little bitch (laughs) you don't get your money if you leave the company and steal its technology we no longer owe you money (laughs) number two activision blizzard has been named number 66 of forbes top 100 businesses to work for in 2017 This is the third year in a row that the company has made that list, and it's up from number 77 last year. Uh, In a statement, the company said Activision Blizzard's culture of inclusivity, creativity, and fun resulted in high marks from employees in the Great Place to Work Trust Index surveys respect, fairness, and pride categories. 95% of employees reported that they are proud to tell others they work at Activision Blizzard, and the vast majority said it's a friendly, fun, and welcoming workplace where they can be themselves. Well, it's cool to hear that it's not the usual AAA like drudge fests where they're constantly working just ludicrous hours, hating their lives. Why weren't we surveyed for this? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to know what what experiences that like five percent who say they're not proud to tell people <laughs> that they work in Activision Blizzard. They might be the maintenance workers. Yeah, I mean <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if you got ninety five percent positivity, those five percent probably just like the ones who are barely keeping up. Makes sense. Number three. Sony announced this week that PlayStation 4 games will be coming soon to PlayStation Now. No word currently on what games will be available, but subscribers will not be required to pay an additional premium to access the new games. Sony also plans to offer a test run of the new games to a select few subscribers over the next few weeks. My take on this is it's kind of a counter attempt to Xbox Live Games Pass. Um, but streaming latency is still fucking terrible, so it's not really going to 
make the difference. Yeah, I streamed Resident Evil 4 on PS4 um, before giving up and just buying the HD remaster. Like, I streamed the PS3 one. It was awful. It was really, really That's awful. super laggy. There's constant lag in all of your inputs. The frame rate was bad. So, while I do believe that streaming is the future of games, um, we're not there. Eh. We're not there yet. I, I do have to say, though, even though this is... It's not going to be as good as Xbox Games Pass. Um, I still don't necessarily see, like, people who already have a PS4 jumping out of their seats to go buy an Xbox One just for Games Pass. So I don't think Sony has too much to worry about, honestly. Number four. In the latest Switch news, the new Nintendo console sold 1.5 million units in its first week. 75% of the console's first-month target. In response to the demand, Nintendo has doubled its production of the console. It had originally planned to make 8 million units, but it is now making 16 million units instead. Still won't be enough. Lastly, prospective buyers shouldn't have to be worried about Joy-Con connectivity issues. According to Nintendo, a manufacturing variation has resulted in wireless interference with a small number of the left Joy-Con. Moving forward, this will not be an issue as the manufacturing variation has been addressed and corrected at the factory level. Do the people with the faulty ones get reimbursed? I haven't seen anything about that is the problem. They did offer... um, suggestions on how to fix the problem turn Um, off your cell phone (laughs) but i I don't know i think like some of it was like place your switch you know literally don't put it near fish tanks you know don't put it next to metal and various things like that they actually told people not to put their switches (laughs) next to fish tanks i was lucky that i didn't have one of those controlling the fish uh, i actually don't know if i do i haven't put it in the dock yet i probably try that no, I've I've only played it handheld. That's just how I like it. I've played it actually mostly <laughs> console, um, but I've enjoyed being able to just pick it up and take it wherever I need. Yeah, I mean, I take it to work every day, and I'll on lunch I'll play it for like twenty minutes, take a break, play it for like twenty minutes. That's the beautiful thing about it. Number five. Horizon Zero Dawn sold two point six million copies in its first two weeks. That makes it Sony's best-selling new IP on PlayStation 4. Guerrilla Managing Director Herman Hulst said, We're thrilled that Horizon Zero Dawn has been embraced by critics and players alike. Developing the game was a labor of love, so it's extremely satisfying to see that it elicits the same passion and enthusiasm from the gaming public that we felt during its development. In addition, Horizon Zero Dawn is getting a new patch soon to fix a number of quest and game system bugs that have cropped up for some players. So that's pretty exciting. Horizon Zero Dawn's a fantastic game, and I'm glad to see it that it's doing well. I'm still really excited to try it. Probably going to do it after we finish Andromeda. Same. I'm just happy to see that Sony seems to care about good new IP. Um, it seems like we don't get nearly enough of that, from first parties at least. Sony's killing it. Uh, number six. The current CEO of Telltale Games, Kevin Brunner, has stepped down and former CEO and co-founder Dan Connors has returned to his former position. In a statement, Brunner said, We've grown aggressively since Telltale's inception, and now Telltale is bigger than I ever dreamed it would be. There are many possible futures for Telltale, and all of them are exciting and uniquely challenging. The time has come to pass the reins to someone that can better drive Telltale to the next level and realize all the potential that is there. Brunner will remain on the board of directors, but his future at the company is currently unclear. So still no Wolf Among Us 2 in sight. Depends on the new guy, I guess. Seems like something happened. Yeah, maybe. Whatever it was, I'm sure Brunner will remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven. A new job ad from Game Freak, the creators of of Pokemon, discovered and translated by Siliconera and IGN, is seeking to fill positions for, quote, an RPG game that is popular on a global scale that just about anyone knows. The job listing on Indeed says the project will be on console, and though there has been no official announcement, it is expected that this project will be the Nintendo Switch version of Pokemon Sun and Moon, to be titled Pokemon Stars. 
No, it's going to be Pokemon Warriors. They're going to make another oh adaptation. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt me so much. It's Pikachu going through fields of Rattata, killing them all. It's a little brutal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really know who Game Freak thinks they're fooling by not just saying the, the word Pokemon, but whatever. It's a secret. Because, so you know, secret. Game Freak makes tons of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've made a few other games, but nothing that ever got globally popular. I don't even know if they've made another RPG or not. I literally don't know of anything of theirs but Pokemon. Yep. And number eight. The developers of Overwatch have revealed in interactions with fans that they are currently working on a map editor for the game, but it's a long way off. We are extremely open-minded about releasing a map editor for Overwatch someday. We have this on our long-term roadmap and believe heavily in user-made content. But there are many challenges ahead of us, and it will be a very long road before our editor can be made available to the public. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's probably really, really badass. I'd say fans of Overwatch, be prepared to wait a while. (laughs) How does... Just just Google uh, Diablo 3 competitive arena, <laughs> and you'll see about how long it's going to take before you get your map editor. Well, oh Blizzard no, doesn't release, well, at least as far as I know, they only release, like, really high-quality stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't think they're going to release some, like, unfinished buggy version of this. I think they want to no, be I don't super think so, good yeah. first. I'm expecting it to be, like, awesome. Yeah. So you've had good experiences with other map editors and shooters, like, Halo's map editor. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. I hope Halo it's three man. It's like a, it should be at least that quality. You know. I mean, they have they have experience doing map editors from the very beginning. I mean, all the Warcraft games had map editors, and everything else is just a different type. You can definitely expect something good for them, though. Cool. Number nine. Uh, in an interview with Eurogamer's Robert Purchase. Andrzej Sapkowski, the author of the Witcher novels, says he regrets selling the rights to the Witcher series outright. Quote, I was stupid enough to sell them rights to the whole bunch. <laughs> yes, he they was. offered me a percentage of the profits. I said, no, there will be no profit at all. Give oh, me all my money God. right now. The that's, whole amount. That's so it sad. was stupid. I was stupid enough to leave everything in their hands because I didn't believe in their success. But who could foresee their success? I couldn't. They were apparently like pretty unknown and small when they set out to do witcher one so yeah, yeah even then I've, man i've played the witcher one and it's it's pretty dated but i'm sure it was enjoyable when it came out but nothing as like the success that they had with as someone who can witcher play dated games it is it is good always I can go back and play that stuff and see it always keep royalties for any ip you oh, never yeah. know what's gonna happen yeah, I didn't yeah. know he actually sold it outright. That actually gives me some hope for Witcher 4. The thing is, they offered him. The, they, they didn't even try to get him to sell them He probably the didn't even get that outright. much more money. Probably not. He probably wouldn't have gotten that much more money. No, I'm saying, like, he got more money, right? Because he did it outright. Well, he right. got That's more money up front, but he That's what got I'm saying. way less money in the long run. Up front, he just wanted that extra money. I doubt it was even that much extra. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably would have gotten something up front and then the rest in royalties. He must have been royalties. in a bad place or something. Like, not enough gas at home. <laughs> no, man, I need I that mean, extra 20 bucks. <laughs> keep the 5%. Sapkowski is like... I've read of him being described as like the J.R.R. Tolkien of Poland. So he's like really popular. He's not like... You know, scraping to get by or anything. Okay, he just blew off that IP. He just he blew it, it off work. because he he didn't believe in video games. He didn't realize that uh-huh. video games were going to make a profit. I can see someone from Poland believing that, though. Yeah, but oh Google. yeah, is it have something to do with them being Polish? No, actually, I, CD I doubt Project they have a whole lot of access to. No, no, that like that that's the thing. CD Projekt Red started out as a company that distributed games to people in Poland, and they pre- basically became the GameStop of Poland. But there weren't really anyone. There wasn't really anyone else doing that. Yeah. So they were like Poland's portal into mainstream gaming, and then they just decided, let's actually make something. Huh. So in Poland, it was actually a pretty small scene. So, so he really was just an idiot. So. Like. <laughs> Google Google dot com video game industry value. Oh crap! This is yeah. humongous. I was trying to give him bigger. credit. <laughs> 
Uh, number 10. Uh, yet another Kickstarted game has canceled its Wii U version in favor of the Switch. I wonder why. Good. Bloodstained Ritual the Ritual of the Night is the spiritual successor to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and its director, Koji Igarashi, explained, during our Kickstarter campaign in 2015, the Wii U was at its height of popularity. Uh, but the situation has drastically changed after, after the release of Nintendo Switch. Just a little bit. This change made it difficult to receive the necessary support from the hardware maker, which has led us to develop the Wii U, or to drop the Wii U development and shift development to Nintendo Switch. I am so pumped to have another handheld Castlevania. For those who were pumped to have it on Wii U, uh, he does say, we are very sorry that it's come to this after all your support, but we hope you understand. Um, Backers who ordered the game for Wii U will be able to choose a different version if they don't want to get it on Switch. Uh, But they don't have to do anything if they just want to get it on the Switch version. I'm feeling pretty good about the Switch's prospects yeah, like awesome games keep being announced for that thing. It's been getting better over time. Like yeah, like I mean, I didn't get it when it came out because it seemed like, eh. But well, that no. er- that, that early showing was just so awful. Yeah, but terrible. now that now that there's been a little bit of time, we're see, we're seeing that they're actually doing a little bit better than they let on. And you know, if that's those sales at the beginning, there's any developers that were on the fence are probably like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's why like the the real tell for the switch is going to be in the months or whatever to come. To see how it lasts and I what comes for it. It looks really good right now, though. By the end of the year, assuming virtual consoles and for full force by then, yeah, uh, you should have a pretty hefty game library on that thing. Yep. But now that all that objective reporting is out of the way, it's time for our inevitable slide into the echo, echo chamber, chamber, where we discuss the most important issue of the week and tell you what to think. So... It's time to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. Here we go. I'm out. <laughs> it's the worst um, game ever. Zero to ten. As in, what do you want to talk about? I played it for 40 hours. You played it for 40 hours, <laughs> zero yeah. out of ten? <laughs> yeah, dude. Man. I couldn't do anything. There, there it is. That's it. That's yep. the echo chamber. Was the console zero plugged in? Zero out of ten. <laughs> Did you try oh, restoring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gage, what a, you've, you've been watching your wife play a lot of it? Yeah. Have you played any of it yourself, like a little combat or anything? No, I haven't touched it, but uh, I mean, I, I played enough of the other three to be able to look at it and see what the similarities, differences are with combat. Yeah. Um, I was, so I mean, there was a lot of talk of the game before we played it, um, and I was expecting the combat to be super awesome, because a lot of people, whenever they dislike the animations and stuff, which I'll actually get to later, and like the writing and everything, almost unanimously people were saying but the combat's really good it's the best it's ever been and yeah. i don't see that i think I, it's like mass effect 3 level but it, I, I don't see it like s- s- noticeably better the combat's good i haven't really thought that the jump jet stuff was that much of an improvement um so i would definitely say just as like a quick up front the gameplay is not as good as people say it is but the story is not quite as bad as people say it is. I mean, the whole jetpack thing feels like kind of an arbitrary add-on. Like well, it, it doesn't feel like it's It's there for necessary. the exploration, and I think the combat aspects of it probably got added in um, because, like, it makes more sense. Like, if you have this jump jet, why can't you use it to, like, dodge left and right and stuff like that? I, the biggest improvement, in my opinion, in terms of the combat, is being able to pick any power you want. Yeah, it's nice how they left that open, but it also is a little confusing when you go to create your character and choose your class. You're like, uh, well, does this matter? It's kind of like Dark Souls um, in that yeah, sense, yeah. where you like you pick a starting class, but you just kind of go from there and add on whatever you want, and sooner or later you can... I mean, really sooner... Uh, you can just be kind of whatever you want to be. Yeah, it's a nice addition. It's really cool. One of the other, the only other benefit uh, to picking your class is even if you, like, whatever class you pick, you always have that profile available for the, like, bonuses that it gives, um, no matter what, even if you don't put any... So, like, if you chose the soldier profile and you don't put any points into soldier 
or into the the combat abilities and you just do like tech and biotics you'll always have that even though it's not that useful but that's another aspect of it well what do you think of the writing it's i think we've expressed how much i've played the mass effect the original mass effect trilogy and how much i like that story not fully but we have expressed it <laughs> yeah it's an absurd amount of times and uh, I like that story a whole fucking lot. And Mass Effect Andromeda is just not up to par. It's, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, the villain feels rehashed. None of the characters are very expressive, even beyond animations, which, you know, we can talk about later, but it's just nobody, like, emotes or feels really, like, they do it some, but they don't, do it enough and even when the even when there was a character who was really upset about something at one point he was supposed to be like devastated he just like didn't seem that devastated so the well, voice actor sucks too well the thing is I, I saw an interview with one of the producers i think it was a producer and he was saying they wanted to go for more lighthearted tone this was before the game came out and i think they overdid that to hell like, and they're always cracking jokes, and, like, sometimes it's funny, most of the time it's forced, but, like, it makes the game feel kind of static emotionally. Yeah, and, like, the the sort of, like, quips and stuff that are in your just general exploring are fine, but, like, also the tone, it, it detracts from the heavier moments and makes them feel much less impactful, I think. Yeah. They tried to make, like... A meme game or something. I think they, they tried to it replicate a Nathan Drake Shepard. Oh yeah, the the male Shepard is basically Nathan Drake, which is kind of funny. Or the male uh, the male writer, excuse me. You wish you was Shepard. Yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> um, but uh, what what was I gonna say? It's mm. damn it, John. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your thoughts phasing away. No, <laughs> you're losing it. Mass Effect ah. is bad. Um, Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> Holy shit. You just like <laughs> totally threw me off of this. Anyway. Um, New game concept. Finding I, a train I'm of not, thought. I'm also not happy with like the um, relationships with the characters yet. Um, I've gone not enough sex quite a ways into. Oh, yeah. How much sex is there? Man? I mean, there's I mean, there's plenty of I heard romance there's a, options. a lot of sex. But is it softcore spaceborn? Yeah, is it I, I haven't seen any of Full it myself coitus. yet, but I've heard that it's um, more explicit than any of the other ones. I think there's some like butts moving. Whoa! I haven't <laughs> been that impressed by the butts so far. Um, just zooms out from the room and you hear the headboard banging. <laughs> I don't know. It's um. There's definitely a lot to be desired in terms Shepherd, of the stop on the, bed. Uh, the writing of the the game. Yeah, and it's not like the game is bad. I know we're crapping on it a lot. It's just because I think a lot of people expected something Better. at least of the quality of the last two ones. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's not a bad game. It's just not particularly good. Yeah, none of this is to say that I'm not enjoying the game. I'm still having a good time. It's just not what I had hoped for based on what we got last time around. I think if you had never played Mass Effect, this game would probably feel a lot better. I feel like Maybe, that would yeah. be a good test to use on me because I did not play those. You never played any of the three? I started the first and just said, eh. You I haven't mean, heard you about like our Lord and Shepherd Savior? Or <laughs> our Lord and Shepherd Savior? Shepherd. Shepherd. Our Lord and Savior Shepherd. I've heard of him. I do not follow him. Oh, Same. okay. Um, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite savior. Also, the graphics aren't great. I mean... They're, like, the same as Mass Effect 3 with yeah, some better like, lighting. No, not even slightly better. They're the same as Mass Effect 3. The lighting's better. That's yeah, about it. that's about it. But that's more the Frostbite engine. Well, what's really funny about it is, like, it's been five years, right? And... Uh, at least between Mass Effect Whoa. 1 and 2, there was like serious graphical updates. Um, it still looks like Mass Effect, if that makes sense. I don't know if you get what I mean. No, it still looks like Mass Effect. It just 
each Mass Effect is supposed to but, get better looking. Yeah, but it doesn't even look new. It's just like I'm still playing Mass Effect 3. I kind of feel like Bioware's development team just like went down into a pit and it was closed over uh, uh. and they had no contact with the outside <laughs> world <laughs> and they just they just missed a number of technical and design innovations that got <laughs> yeah pretty uh, much that culminated in Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda Breath of the Wild yeah. that are like hey here's the next generation of open world game design that's amazing and then Mass Effect 3 comes out and it's like oh uh did the Witcher 3 come out already mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> our game looks like that right yeah <laughs> like yeah. I feel like it it <laughs> oh misses things in terms of good design that even The Witcher 3 missed out on or that The Witcher 3 achieved. So like they've been they've been under you know blackout for too long, I think. Fun fact, our advisor Mark was asked to be the lead engineer on Mass Effect Andromeda, but he said no because he didn't want to move to Canada. But it makes me wonder because he's like legend like top of the game video game programmer makes me wonder if the game wouldn't have had these flaws if he was leading the engineering i I can't imagine that he would have allowed uh some of that stuff to happen which i'll get to in the game dev section but it's it's a lot more technical than artistic if that's what you're thinking I mean, I don't, I don't think he alone could have fixed every problem that the game has, but well, might have fixed and now we have to fire. It, it matters who's overseeing games. Um, like it, it's like the standards of what's being let through, the direction of how things are going. I mean, obviously that writing style that we talked about—that's a high-level decision. Make everything lighthearted, says the producer. Uh, this is too dark, says the producer. Yeah. Um... Also, a number of people I've I've heard saying things like, uh, "Oh, well, it's their their first Mass Effect game in the Frostbite engine, so of course it's not going to be quite up to snuff." Dude, look at other games on Frostbite. Look at Battlefront. Not only that, let's go look back at Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, a Bioware Bioware's game on Frostbite. actual <laughs> first game on Frostbite, and it looks way better. That's pretty it's insane. Not that this has anything to do with the Frostbite engine, but it's way better written with much more interesting characters that actually have emotions and stories and, you know. I've uh, um, I've been told by a couple insiders that there's a lot of conflict between the Bioware studios. Like the heads of each studio have vi- pretty hugely differing views on how to approach game dev and like content. So it... And I, I think that's a big problem that Bioware probably needs to address because the quality of these games is, is starting to differ quite they a bit. N- they need to unify their kind of design perspective, I think, because um, this was kind of the opposite problem back when like, we were around Dragon Age 2 and Mass Effect 2, where Dragon Age 2 was fucking terrible in many <laughs> ways and looked awful and even though I enjoyed that game greatly it's nowhere near as good as Dragon Age Inquisition um, or, or, Mass Ma- or Mass Effect 2 for yeah. that matter and then Mass Effect 2 is this really fantastic game with great characters and now it's like flipped and I don't know who exactly who's in charge of what but they need to be a little bit more tight about their their standards and their design philosophy yeah, they're pretty fragmented. This is how I feel about Halo 4, man. That was made by which studio? Mm, 343. Which uh, which other Halos did they make? Uh, 4, 5, and 6. That's yeah. it. Well, 6 is coming out whenever. You know, there, there are some elements of the problems with Halo 4 in this game a little bit, I think, because they really played up the, oh, it's a new Mass Effect game and it's a new galaxy and there's going to be all this new shit. Yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, you you meet two new alien races and that's fucking it. Skeleton face dog and, and collector two points. I have heard... Andromeda? Two uh, new people? There's two new alien types. Oh, okay. Um, there's, like, the kind of, like, bony-looking... Uh, collector 2.0 enemies and then there's uh, there's like kind of an amphibian looking race that people are saying looks like Knuckles the Echidna but I'm down. An, but an alien yeah um, 
and I don't know. I mean, it's I, I would have liked to have seen more new stuff, and it seems like there's a lot of Man, the I'll, same old races. I was like, you know? okay, they're going to a new galaxy, so surely the stuff they're going to see is going to be like surprising and different, and it's going to be cool as a player. Like, oh, no, here's these, like, humanoid guys that look very similar to other aliens we've already seen, and they have armor and guns just like us. Yeah. And personally, I'm finding that I, speaking of the guns, personally, I'm finding I don't like any of the, the Andromeda weapons. Um, There's so far, no Black I Widow? No, no, there there is. I'm, I'm not talking about the game Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean the Andromeda Galaxy weapons that you can develop. Oh, so I there's, see. like, there's the Milky Way uh, research and development tree. There's the Helios cluster research and development tree, and there's the remnant research and develop development tree. And I've only been able to try one of the remnant ones. It was it's like a sniper rifle, and it's supposed to be like a laser rifle, but it arcs. And so the we know bullet, how lasers like, work. The bullet Gravity. or laser or whatever <laughs> falls. Yes, yeah, like a heavy laser, arrow. dude. Uh-huh. Oh my <laughs> fucking god! It was the worst. Um, and then the the Helios cluster weapons are mostly like plasma charge <laughs> stuff, and I've only tried to I've only gotten to try a couple of those, and I'm sure it maybe is better for like the shotguns or something. But you like have to like charge them up and then release, but you can't fire very quickly, and that's kind of obnoxious. And so I've been sticking pretty much to just the Milky Way weapons. Um, there was cool. also a wow. <laughs> Fill the silence somehow. This is the <laughs> top quality podcast, but number one video game podcast, right video here. Remember podcast? that, fans, fan. Fam, <laughs> fan, fam. Um, what? There's he also been that so bad. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna turn it off now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I just ruin everything. We're done. <laughs> you can f- um, gauge at definitely gauge. There, <laughs> <laughs> there was also a lot of uh, controversy recently over uh, the animations, which we've talked about. They're stilted or blank or just not that good. Um, and the the first patch. Day one patch, a lot of people were hoping would fix a lot of the animation issues. And I'll tell you in a minute why that's stupid. Yeah, and the Andromeda's so lead designer, Ian Fraser, <laughs> um, on Twitter explained, like, at day one, no, that ship has sailed. More patches later on. And he also said exactly what goes into those patches is still in discussion. He's also talked about... Um, he says, we're looking at patching lots of, lots of issues and want to strongly support the game moving forward. He can't say exactly what they're doing, but I get the sense that they're going to uh, fix a lot of those animations. Um, beyond that, the, the animations controversy got a little bit fucked up. Um, this one's from Kotaku. Um, Ali Rosemarie Liost, who worked for EA's Motion Capture Labs in Vancouver, uh, saw vicious harassment on Twitter and other websites, most often from people who blamed her for Andromeda's awkward facial animations. The harassment appears to have been primarily triggered by a vile blog post at Ralph Retort, a right-wing Gamergate-tied website that claimed Liost was the lead facial animator for Andromeda. The website also accused her of performing sexual acts to get her job at EA. You know what's funny is I've seen some of this like extreme alt-right bullshit leak into other comment threads about this issue. And when confronted, a lot of these people are saying, like, they're not being sexist. They're actually treating her fairly because they're saying she did a bad job. They would say that about anyone. But where were these people when Sean Murray was getting shit on, calling him out for doing sexual favors? And maybe maybe he should think about having a job in the industry. Maybe it's just not right. So it's really disgusting to see this, like pretty huge amount of sexism pouring out over facial animations in a video game yeah it's it's god bullshit and uh any of you any of you who are listening to that who do that you know who you are and stop it (laughs) you you should really just reconsider what is appropriate behavior and really i mean 
Devious gamers changing that's, lives. That's just fucking bullshit to call somebody out and claim erroneously that they did that they had sex to get their job. The frustrating thing is people who say stuff like that uh, aren't even the type of people who are, you know, people who address their perspectives. Yeah, and I mean, apply critical true. thinking and go. You know a what? Bit too They're trying to, to get somebody. Maybe to I'm being to an them. idiot. Well, Bioware's general manager Aaron Flynn responded in defensively asked on Twitter, uh, posting recently a former EA employee was misidentified as a lead member of the Mass Effect Andromeda development team. These reports are false. We respect the opinions Wasn't of our her. players and community and welcome feedback on our game, but attacking individuals regardless of their involvement in the project is never acceptable. And that is about all there is to say about it. I mean, I think there's no way you could really say that any better. You are the best host of all time. No, I mean, that's <laughs> there's no way I think it's about to happen. I literally couldn't have told you that <laughs> any better. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. God it's damn like, it. damn, dude. It's pretentious, um, man. One other thing. Did we, did we talk about character customization yet? Because uh, I really want to think, oh, I can't I wait think for we're this. excited to hear you okay. complain about this. Ring the bell. Get, ready. get, so get the bell ready. Just, just get it ready. <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a connoisseur <laughs> of character creators across <laughs> numerous games. Slash makes characters that look like you every time. Dude, that's gross. Hey, man. I learned how to make more unique characters so, like, over you have, time. You have. I got a lot fucking better at it. <laughs> um, there was just a period. I went through a phase where, like, for some reason... Anything I made looked like me, and I didn't yeah, know Yeah, I walked into the dorm it. room. You're like, hey, check out my new character. I was like, cool. It kind of looks like you. Good job. And you're like, what? He's <laughs> like, wait, you didn't try to do that? <laughs> you didn't try to do that. I fixed that. Um, did you? Bioware you did glasses. say it's um, looking into making the character creator better, making, you know, giving more options. But the way it was when it came out was you can't, pick you can't change any of the individual features on the faces you had to like pick a preset that you liked and then you could adjust the position of the mouth or the position of the nose or the position of the eyes you couldn't like actually trade out features the way you could in mass effect one so yes there are more hair colors no most of them don't look very good but there's also other than that like fewer features that I'm you can choose from in, in Andromeda. I'm sad I can't make my usual, like, radioactive mutant guy. <laughs> I mean, people have managed to make some pretty amusingly bad-looking stuff. They have, but the kind of magic you could pull off in the first three yeah. is, is pretty nuts. <laughs> the uh, the space makeup helps. Did you get a, get a look at any of that? Yeah, you could just put, like, a stripe of paint across your eyes. Like... It looks stupid always. I wonder why that's <laughs> even there if they wanted to make good-looking characters. I did go with, like, a really, like, subtle-looking, like, tattoo that was just sort of barely yeah, there. Yeah, I'm talking about, like, a rectangular strip but yeah, the over <laughs> your <laughs> eyes. Oh, my God. Could you put little Some of those options look <laughs> just fucking terrible, but you can find pretty good ones. I hear like. if you uh, play the game mostly Renegade, you can get the eye teardrops on your second run. Oh, God. There, speaking of, there is no like Paragon Renegade system anymore. There's no good. morality. Screw that. Um, the the options kind of boil down to like logical or emotional, and then professional or casual, um, which I think is an improvement, but it's still very simplistic. I don't know how you f- how At you feel. You're not about trying that. to pretend that you're making all these huge hefty decisions just to culminate <laughs> in an ending that's like the same. Because that's yeah. kind of impossible to pull off right now. Kind of, I'm honestly kind of looking back at Mass Effect 3's ending. It's I f- the way I feel about it now is sort of what did we expect? Because if you yeah. look at the ending to Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, if you really boil them down, they are just picking between one or two choice or it's two or three like options. Which teammate is dead now is like really what that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, or or like Mass Effect 1, one of the ways you could end it was like killing Saren or convincing him to kill himself. And it's like... Yeah, but you still end up destroying the Reaper, saving the day, yeah, same yeah. ending like scene. Ultimately, it, all he the Mass Effect games in that scene. boil down to pick one of these three things that aren't that different. How will this guy die right now? Yeah. That's what it is. Um, 
So it was it was much harder to see back then, but I think now it's it's a little more clear that that's not the end. The Mass Effect Three ending is not the problem that it was, or that you, we thought it was. You know what? We've said this game is good, and like I would recommend getting it for people who are into RPGs. But I feel like we've done a very poor job of selling that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've complained about it a lot, but I it's think it's actually only good. I think we only complain about it this much because we expected it. To be better, we just yeah, huge you fans. expect more of Bioware for a game series that they have proven three times in a row that they can make a a very good game. Yeah, like of. all three of those have like over ninety meta scores. Mass Effect yeah. Two is like one of the highest rated games ever, and then here Andromeda strolls in like, "Hey guys, did you need some little jokes?" Yes, I seventy jokes. seventy four on Metacritic. Oh, went down a point. Dang. Yeah. Um, like, just to give a couple of kind of the spectrum of Mass Effect reviews, uh, Game Informer gave it an 80, which was the highest from any place that I'd actually heard of. Um, and they said, like, when taken as its own journey and not in comparison to Shepard's saga, Mass Effect Andromeda is fun and the important parts work. Uh, but the narrative isn't astounding, or the narrative isn't astounding, but it keeps you invested and drives you forward. Um combat is entertaining the crew isn't my favorite you know just kind of like it's good but there are problems and then ign gave it a 77 and um it says it has a few great moments that recapture the high points of the landmark trilogy um with energetic combat and fantastic sound effects but it's uh, it's inconsistent in its writing um and it doesn't really have like a breakout character that everybody just loves. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like a game that has like 95, 90 like super scores like that. Pretty much anyone can play them and enjoy them. This game is still good. It's just like there's probably movies or shows or games you like that are like in the 7 area, but you really enjoy them. So, I mean, if you're into sci-fi and you're into RPGs, it's going to be enjoyable. Yeah, the lowest one I saw was GameSpot, actually. They give it like um, a six, right? Yeah, they give it a six. It, they said, in many ways, Andromeda feels like a vision half fulfilled. Uh, it contains a dizzying amount of con content, but the quality fluctuates wildly. Um, it's worlds in combat shine, but it's writing and missions falter. Um, as a Mass Effect game, Andromeda falls well short of the nuanced politics, morality, and storytelling of its predecessors. I wouldn't really call Mass Effect's morality nuance no i was just about to say but other than really that binary. like the politics and the storytelling is much more nuanced it's um, like save this person or break their neck honestly i think the morality is more nuanced in mass effect andromeda um just because there's no like clear there's not always very clear um like this is the the right thing to do i think the the only like really major like Oh, if you do this, people are gonna die. But if you don't do this, um, you know the enemy is just gonna come back, and it's not gonna solve the problem. Like that was the the biggest choice in the game that I've had to make so far, and it was actually pretty gray. Um, and I, I, I think like that gray. that was an improvement over over the original Mass Effect trilogy. Um, yeah. So, but even GameStop says there are things to like. Or in GameSpot, goddammit. Even GameSpot says there are things to like. I mean, it's just a two-letter swap difference between those two. Yeah. Yeah, but one will try to sell you the, the used copy. So. No, we don't have any new copies of Mass Effect Andromeda, <laughs> but it came out today. We do have 15 used ones on release day. Midnight. But just to kind of, I don't know, I'm trying to counter a little bit my initial bitching or my bitching throughout the segment. Um, I think you've countered it. I think we can end yeah, on yeah. positivity here. I, I would say, if you like Mass Effect, go play Andromeda. Yep, worth it. If you haven't, or if you don't like Mass Effect, it's not going to be better than the other ones. But before we move on to our next segment, I'd like to take you all on a side quest. SideQuest is the part of the show where we cover topics that are either tangentially related to games or parts of gamings that we don't normally get... Gamings. I did it again. Parts of gamings. That we don't normally get a chance to talk about. 
Pokemon Go players have been feverishly hunting for a special shiny Magikarp, the rarest Pokemon in the game. But some players are in for a little trolling from another Pokemon release last year. Players have discovered that Ditto, which can disguise itself as other Pokemon until after you capture it, has been disguising itself as a shiny Magikarp, much to the frustration of its victims. That is so awesome. There really is. Way to go, Niantic. I've had a really good time. Like, when I heard about that, I just Googled, like, some reactions. It's like, this has <laughs> got to be good. It, it's hilarious. Like, most people get the joke, you know? Like, they're they're kind of good sports about it. Uh, and those, it's really funny. Uh, but then there's the other people that are just, like, really raging. Oh, my and that's God. That's just as funny. Yeah, I mean, mm. I... I would probably be a little disappointed if I were still playing that game. It's just funny to me that they made it like that. Like you catch the Pokemon and then you find yeah, out it's a Ditto. Like find this, out it's a ditto. this person posted this like sequence of pictures, like yes, found a shiny Magikarp. Yes, I caught it. So excited. And then they checked their Pokemon <laughs> list and it said Ditto because I guess they went to name it or something. And they're like, oh my god, fuck. Oh god. Uh, but getting back to our main quest. Oh, it's short. time to show you the other side of gaming with Behind the Screens, where we look at a topic from the game developer's point of view. All right. Uh, today I'm going to be short, because you know how this goes. Each segment is shorter than the last. So... There's an obvious thing to talk about this week, and that's the animations in Mass Effect Andromeda. People are freaking the hell out of the, over this, and even people who haven't even touched the game, because you know it's easy to come across the gifs and videos and stuff of these animations. Um, so everyone's attacking it. You know that that girl got harassed. The Bioware is probably in a panic, trying to figure out how to uh, subdue this. So here's the thing: uh, I, I've seen people compare it to like Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, if Horizon Zero Dawn's animations look so good, which they're, like, okay, by the way, um, then why does this game look so bad? So the first thing you need to think about is how many lines of dialogue are in Mass Effect Andromeda versus Horizon Zero Dawn? How many characters are in Mass Effect Andromeda versus Horizon Zero Dawn? It's a tremendous difference. And you can look at a game like Naughty Dog or Last of Us and say, you know, ask the same question. Like, if these look so good, why does a big studio like Bioware under a huge publisher like EA have such shoddy animations? Again, look at the amount of characters and the lines of dialogue. I think I saw something like Andromeda has 1,200 characters that speak. Yeah, wow. and the, the amount of actual lines is just, like, incomprehensible, honestly. So, um, in, in a lot of games like, you know, let's take The Last of Us as an example, because it has wonderful animations. They use motion capture on pretty much everything. Um, they handcrafted those resulting animations. They cleaned them up. They made them look nice. Um, but here's the thing. It's it's a linear story. There's only a handful of characters that really have any up-close dialogue. You know, Otherwise, you're just it's guys that are in the environment as you're fighting. You know, They don't need those animations to look really beautiful. Now... Uh, on the flip side, Andromeda is a game with hundreds of characters, thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue, and almost every single time there's a line of dialogue, the camera's like right on their face. It's up close. Like it's it shows the character you're talking to right up close, then it shows you right up close. And you know, you could maybe say they overscoped. Um, like maybe they shouldn't have tackled that uh, extent of animations with the tech we currently have but uh still th it's it's really a technical thing more than an artistic things people are attacking this like animator girl saying that she makes bad animations or something um when you have this many characters and this many animations this many lines of dialogue you don't handcraft each one you don't do motion capture acting for each one that would take forever i mean just think about how long it takes uh, a two-hour hollywood movie to go uh, and even the word heavy ones it it's, takes like a, what like a year of shooting two years so you're looking at like much 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 more time than that if you're if you're trying to motion capture all these and on the technical side of that when you do motion capture it's not like 
it just comes out perfectly. You're translating, you know, there's all these like dots on their faces and stuff. It's trying to capture movement for like the left side of their lip and the upper left part of their lip and their cheekbone and the like mid eyebrow, the inner eyebrow. Um, and it, it sounds like a lot, but it's not compared to the actual nuances of a human face. Um, so a lot of times uh, there's a whole team of people that has to go in and clean these animations up by hand, make sure they're not choppy, make sure the the bugs you know like maybe you know they're doing a shoot for someone and the eyebrow right top just like bugged out and someone's having to fix that so you just can't do that with this amount of dialogue and animations so they actually use uh, a procedural system uh, and there was a developer I believe who's at Naughty Dog now he worked on Mass Effect 1 as an animator he talked about how they use algorithms it's like, and he used uh, DJ as an example of how you cut up tracks and put them together. So what they do is they have important animations. It, it's layered in tiers. So like the big scenes and stuff like that, they'll handcraft, they'll use the motion capture, but generally for like all the NPCs and stuff, or just like random, you know, writer conversations that aren't that important, they actually have a bunch of pre-done uh, handmade slash motion captured little animations like for certain syllables and words um and the designers piece them together but there's like thousands of them so at at some point you got to get the game out right it had already been five years people were expecting this to be out um so i think you can understand like what a monumental technical undertaking it is to have so many animations it's it's not really on the artist side as much as just the scope of the whole project. So the, you know, all these complaints about the animations, it's just a lack of understanding. There is a trade-off with current tech, even huge budgets and huge teams. You're gonna have a trade-off between the amount of animation content and the quality of animation content. You just can't get around that. Uh, I mean, look at Grand Theft Auto V's animations. They're like, all right. It's one of the, it's a masterpiece of open world gaming, uh, but the animations are okay. But you look at the smaller games that are more personal, have fewer characters. That's where the animations shine. That's just how it works. So on you know on top of this whole thing of people complaining, not really understanding uh, if they want a giant world full of dialogue, they have to sacrifice some visual quality. There's people demanding that the patch for the game fixes the animations. And I think if you've been listening at all up to this point, you'd understand how silly that is. So to expect that like in a single month that they'd have this algorithm and all the uh, little pieces of animations done. So there's a third component to this that's really important to remember. So th that's just scope. Um, you mentioned the character creator, how the facial options are limited. That's probably helpful, actually, to the animations. If you think about how many different character varieties there are, if you want to have general animations that just kind of work on everything, like all the NPCs, all of the main characters stuff, um, if you have a lot of facial diversity, it just means you have to make that many more animations. My counter to that, though, is that the NPCs are not the human NPCs are not limited to those 20 faces. Like, I don't know that I agree that that has a whole lot to do with the character creator. Um, well, I'm not suggesting... Not being able to switch parts around. I'm not suggesting that that's why they limited it. I actually think it was so... Uh, they didn't have to make, like... The, you know, there's that father character, right? And the siblings yeah. look similar. I think they wanted it to... I think they wanted that family to look sort of similar, even if you try to like change stuff up. I, I think that was that was just some kind of design artistic decision. Uh, what I'm expressing is you have to keep in mind as far as quality of animations that when you have this algorithm where they're piecing together all these snippets of animations for these thousands of lines of dialogue, it matters that there's different types of faces. Like if it was just one single face, I'm sure they would look great because they would have a small pool of animations and that would just be it. So they're having to account for this like tremendous amount of content, but also uh, the diversity in which this content is being placed onto characters. One other thing I might mention is um, you compared it earlier to Breath of the Wild, but I think a better thing to compare. Did I? Yeah, you did. 
You started with Horizon, and then you said Breath of the Wild. Said so Last of Us. No, you said The there's, Last of Us there's afterwards. There's a part you said Breath, but uh, I you said Breath of the Wild animations. You started with, you mentioned Horizon, as like an open world game that had good animation, and then you mentioned Breath of the Wild for how. Um, they don't need to have perfect animation for that. And then you mentioned The Last of Us as a smaller game that has great animation. Oh, I don't even know why I brought Breath of the Wild up. Yeah, I don't know why you brought that up either. But, um, but now we can Horizon about Zero it. Dawn, I think, is maybe actually a good thing to take a look at in terms of this situation. Like, the lip flaps weren't always quite right in that game. But other than that, like, the characters were emotive. Um... They did a good job, even with the really minor quest-giver NPCs. Um, I will say that that game is probably... like My guess is a quarter the size. Yeah, the scope of it, that content. I, like Now, they packed like 50 hours worth of content into that space, but it's still a little... It's still a lot more concentrated. Um, so I think, I think there's... There's a point there to be said that a smaller game is going to be able to do more attention to detail, but I do think there's also a point in saying that this is not up to the quality of what you think a modern PS4, Xbox One, PC game should be. Yeah, even all of this said, defending the technical endeavor that is having all of these animations in a game like this, because um, it's pretty much beyond the scope of anything else unless you're talking about like Star Wars The Old Republic and the animations of that you don't care about they're like cartoon animations um, all that said um, I don't think they approached this as best as they could and even the Naughty Dog developer implied that he said um, maybe they didn't prioritize their algorithm enough because um, what, what he suspects is because you know when I'm talking about the algorithm I'm talking about the procedurally generated snippets of animations versus the handcrafted motion captured like important animations he suspected that they spent too much time on the handcrafted stuff the acted stuff um, and I'm sure they realized at some point this isn't going to do it there's so much left um, so it, it seems like they kind of had to rush uh, the procedural part of that so I, I do think there was a high-level error in the way they approached this, but at the same time, the outlash uh, is definitely unwarranted as far as like the extent that we're seeing. Um, and it's just coming from a, uh, a general misunderstanding of uh, quality versus quantity that still exists in games. Uh, no matter how much you think your $60 is worth when you purchase something, there's people behind that making it, and budgets are limited, teams are limited. Believe it or not, $40 million and 500 developers is not enough to make a giant game with realistic animations everywhere. We're just quite not there yet. I think now that we've got that covered, it's time to take a look at the comments section. A segment where we take a look, where we take a look <laughs> and one question from our audience that demands an answer. This week... An anonymous fan asks, in honor of Mass Effect coming out, what's your favorite alien from any franchise? I'm going to go with the milk-stealing aliens from Ajor's Mask. I was thinking about that one. <laughs> uh, there was a really cool feeling when I was a little kid. That you notice this little red star in the sky, uh, and I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then there's a quest where you're having to go to a farm, and they're like, these eight these aliens come and they steal our cows and it sounds so ridiculous and you're like yeah sure i'll help yeah but then it actually happens you see the red star glow it comes down and literally it's aliens and that creepy music floating towards the cows to steal them and you have to fend them off with arrows i um, just remember being like what the fuck is aliens doing in a zelda game and i'm a big fan of milk uh and i imagine if i was an extraterrestrial <laughs> i would dig earth cows too so I think the reason I'm choosing them is because to me they're the most relatable aliens I've seen in video games. Fair enough. Oh, does it have to be from games? No, no, any franchise. All right, I like the aliens from Arrival. Oh yeah, they're, they're pretty fucking cool. Because they can time. They're, well, they're not time travelers. They're like whatever. They're time octopuses. Time, time octopuses. So this is pretty badass. That movie is stupendous if you haven't seen it. Or like uh, Martian Manhunter. 
from Mars. He's, <laughs> he's fucking badass. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Cool. I was thinking the, uh, I don't know the race, but they're the aliens from Destroy All Humans, the PlayStation 2 game. I have the image in my head, but yeah, I don't know what they're called. Dude, I played that oh, game yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't remember their names. I just remember that uh, their leader was voiced by Invader Zim. Yeah, so yeah. sounded the same. They, they rule all, going around with my little anal probe gun. <laughs> And shooting everybody. <laughs> Reminds me of the South Park aliens. <laughs> that game, I, I don't even know what to think about that game. But they're aliens rock, so. I think this might be a little bit of a cop out, but just because it's easy. But I, I Is think it from Mass Garrus, Effect? G- G- Garrus Vicarian. Oh, I thought you were going to say Liara. No, no. I mean, she's my favorite romance interest from that series, but. Um, <laughs> Garrus yeah. is awesome. Yeah, Garrus th- is definitely my favorite of the series. He's like, I don't know. You can just see him as being like the ultimate best friend. He's yeah, and a super badass. Yeah, it's just a badass. His starting bro. mission and Mass Effect Two, where this like, uh, I guess you can call it town or something, is like plagued by this like assassin guy that the gangs can't reign control of, and he's like this awesome sniper. And you finally go through this mission to get to him, and it's just Garrus kicking ass. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. The first time I played it, I was like, oh, shit. This guy's Archangel or whatever. That's Don't forget the rock a nice throwing. surprise. The was rock throwing? Mass Effect 1, we were on in the Citadel. Uh, is, was it rocks? You, you have like a... Was it shooting? There's something where you're like standing with him, and you're like, who can throw this the furthest? Oh, that's Mass Effect... Three. Oh, is that the third and one? And it's Dang. like you and Garrus have a sniping contest where you is. throw bottles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can like let him win to make him feel good, but he yeah. actually likes it if you beat him because he's a badass. Garrus is Garrus is great. He's the best alien. And that's all for this week's episode of the Devious Gamer Show. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I'm Preston Lee, and you can follow me at Senatorius Lee. I'm Gage Randall and at Definitely Gage, and I never post anything on Twitter. <laughs> I'm John Bowie, and I also never post anything on Twitter, but even less than Gage somehow. I'm Nixon? And I'm Essen Anwar, and my name, Instagram name is Essen is okay. <laughs> and I don't even know if Essen posts anything because I'm not on Instagram. Why was I if you like the show, you can support <laughs> us by giving us a five-star <laughs> review on iTunes. That was a little or loud liking, for Or liking <laughs> the episode on SoundCloud. Actually, you can follow everything else DG-related at deviousgamers.com. At Devious Gamers on Twitter and on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devious Gamers official. John, I'm not going to let you talk. Or find our (laughs) news and reviews on DeviousGamers.com. If you have a question for comment section or just want to get in touch with us, you can send an email to podcast at (laughs) DeviousGamers.com or get in touch with at Devious Podcast on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right here next week. Can you repeat that, please? (laughs) Oh, also, one more thing. The Uh armor options in Mass Effect Andromeda Uh suck. The end. Thank <laughs> you.